Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. It is good to see you again, and welcome back to Advance Your Wealth with Homer Smith. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. It's great to be back with everyone on the show here today. And as always, we're going to be diving into another wealth management discussion on the show today. Today, we have a special guest in Mr. Joseph Zakora from Aptis Capital Advisors that's going to be joining us because today's episode is really going to be encapsulating a third quarter as well as kind of a year-to-date recap, you know, a market update, if you will, on some of the trends, some of the topics that we've been monitoring over time here and we want to dive into some of the key items of of consideration that homer and joseph and their team are are you know constantly dealing with and having discussions with clients regularly about so with that let's go ahead and welcome joseph on to get into it joseph good to see you today how are you doing i'm doing great it's a pleasure to be on again thanks ryan yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, hey, look, we've got a lot that we want to cover because we've seen a lot happening throughout the market and obviously the way everybody's been responding to some of these uh, ebbs and flows. Let's start kind of from a high level here, Joseph. Tell me what you guys have been seeing kind of not only here in the third quarter, but of course a year to date. Give us that recap. What are some of the big trends that you guys, you and your, uh, you and your team have been noticing? Sure. Yeah. So if we look uh, as of the end of September, the through the third quarter of, of this year, year to date, the S&P 500 is up roughly 13%. What's interesting is that the S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index, meaning the largest stocks in the index are weighted the most highly. So an Apple, for example, which is the largest company in the index, it's going to pull more weight in the index than the other 499 companies because they're uh, smaller. So it's weighted according to size. Well, the market weighted cap weighted index is up 13%, but there are measures which measure the S&P 500 as uh, evenly across all 500 companies, and that index is up uh, about 1.7% year to date. So typically these two indices move in close to lockstep. Uh, as you can imagine, since it's the same companies just weighted differently, they do a lot of the same thing. And this year we just, we haven't seen that. Um, and a lot of that has been the move, and we've talked about this on the show in the past, um, about what's happening kind of the mega cap tech world. Um, some people have kind of referred to these um, limited group of, of large tech-centric companies as the Magnificent Seven this year, seven stocks that have really pulled the weight of the market. And we'll kind of get into that more in a little bit. But as far as the third quarter in particular goes, um, it was a really a tale of July versus August and September. So in July, we saw the market continue to go higher um, ever since it did since mid-March when the banking crisis happened, the Fed stepped in and really provided a backstop to risk assets in the liquidity facilities that they supplied. So we saw that continue in July, but then in August and September, things really switched. And if you kind of look at what caused that, it was less any sort of bad economic data or bad earnings that came out of the second quarter and more an adjustment higher in interest rates that continue to grind higher in August of September. And not just the nominal interest rate we see, so not just, for example, the 10-year yield, but interest rates as adjusted for inflation, which is the real discount rate that the market's looking at when they're thinking about future cash flows and how to discount that back to present. So during August and September alone, the 10-year rate was up um, 61 basis points, but the real rate was actually up 64 basis points, meaning that the adjustment in real terms was actually more aggressive than in, in nominal terms. And this is a negative for equities because equities are essentially priced as a 
discount factor based on their future cash flows. So when interest rates go up, especially adjusted for inflation, um, that's a negative on equities. And we saw that finally start to, to weigh on August and, and September. So that's kind of an overview of really what we've seen year to date and then specifically here in the last two months. Mm -hmm. I know this is great. I appreciate you shedding some light on that for us, Joseph. Uh, let's double click now into that mega cap tech that you were mentioning a few moments ago and, and kind of the impact that it's had on the rest of the stock market. Break that down a little bit for us, you know, explain you know, why it is the way it is and, and kind of what the ripple effect's been. Yeah. So if you think about coming into this year, uh, a lot of market participants were really concerned about a recession. I think it was almost overly forecasted. Um, everyone was counting on it. And as such, in a lot of ways, that I think that's a lot of the reasons why it hasn't happened yet, really, is that everyone was on watch for it, some sort of market correct, correction around that. And if everyone's prepared for that, um, then it, it, there's a good chance that you can't be called off surprise, which means the market's kind of going to be going to be prepared for that. And, and why I say that is that um, we've seen really uh, a continued um, strength in a lot of these names, which is sort of held off any sort of recession that we're concerned about in some of the more macroeconomic data. And a lot of that strength has come from these mega cap centric tech companies. So when we talk about the Magnificent Seven, we're talking about Apple, uh, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Tesla, Meta, and uh, NVIDIA. Uh, really, these stocks um, have carried all the weight, uh, like we said at the beginning of the call, of the gains in the index year to date. And the reason for that is that while the rest of the index has showed some weakening in terms of future earnings expectations, the um, outlooks for these companies, in particular, their sales growth continue to be strong. So even though they're valued um, at a much higher multiple than the rest of the market, you, you could argue that that's being defended by the fact that their growth outlooks are still very resilient compared to the, to the rest of the market. So um, that's been... Um, a theme that has been in play really since that mid-March banking crisis that we saw. Part of that's been on the back of this artificial intelligence trade. And part of it's just been a flight to safety. You know, traditionally you think if there's going to be some cracks in the economy, if there's going to be some sort of scare to risk assets, you fly to staples like a Pepsi or a Coca-Cola, you fly to utilities um, that have fixed rate contracts in, in place. But here we, what we've seen is that the flight to safety has been more of these tech companies that have shown resilient growth that have obviously dominant presence uh, with their branding and their pricing ability. Um, and really, at this point, are, are just behemoths in, in the world of not only the U.S., but, but globally. So we've seen that trade continue mm -hmm. to, to, to play out, even though it's weakened a bit, maybe in the last month or two. Yeah, it is really interesting to see that you know the the flight path is is more towards the towards tech these days. Uh, just given you know the massive size of and respect that they have in in the economy as a whole. Um, let's look at third quarter the earnings specifically and and talk a little bit about that. Obviously, there's analyst expectations on on it moving one way, but it seems like things are kind of playing out a different way. Shed some light for us here and what you and the team have been seeing, Joseph. Yeah, sure. So I think our expectations is that um, even though there are maybe some signs that um, uh, weakening could be on the horizon, for example, um, when you think about all the stimulus that was paid out during COVID, not only in the form of direct payments, but also just in the inflating of financial assets, which really buoyed individuals' net worth, um, people just really had 
the liquidity to go out and spend. And that has really kept, I think, the economy and markets and companies much more supported than people thought coming into this year. Um, so when you think about some of those things in play, they are decelerating um, and you're seeing XX savings and that sort of thing really start to normalize more or less, even though they're still at a, above average levels. Um, so we don't really expect any sort of cracks, you know, when you look at three quarter to the third quarter of, of this year to really show yet. Now, with that said, analyst expectations have come in quite a bit. If you go back a year for now and look at earnings expectations for the third quarter of this year. So if you go back to the third quarter of last year, people already come out with their expectations for this year. Those expectations have been revised down um, by about 8% over the last 12 months. Now that 8% um, really hit a couple months ago and then has, has leveled out here recently. And then we tend to have a situation where earnings are revised down um, to levels that companies are then able to, to effectively beat. So you see a, an outperformance versus uh, a negative revisions that typically happens coming into earnings season. But we don't really expect anything on the magnitude that would that would suggest um, cracks that are, are, are really forming yet at this time. Again, the consumer continues to be strong. Uh, this quarter um, picks up a lot of the uh, summer activity, which I think from just from turning on your TV and seeing all the things that were going on was was very uh, buoyant. I mean, a, a lot of people getting out, uh, Barbie movie, <laughs> Taylor Swift concerts, all these kind of things, travel, uh, people were getting out and doing things. So we, we expect the, the third quarter to still be strong. What What's going to really um, be the question is, okay, as we get into Q4, we're starting to see that savings number again, um, um, XX savings is being driven down and we're starting to see savings rates among consumers go up to more historical numbers. We've seen analyst expectations uh, for 2023 and 2024 start to level out. And really, when you look at year over year numbers, analysts are, are pretty optimistic for next year. They're calling for roughly 12 percent year over year increase in, in earnings per share. That's really where uh, things are going to come come to task because the market's trading at a, a pretty high multiple. Uh, I think we'll, maybe we'll get into that later in the call. And if we don't start to meet some of those expectations, then it, it could get a little tricky. So I think third quarter is the last quarter really where things should still be pretty fine and the expectation is set pretty low as you get into the next quarter and certainly mm -hmm. to 2024. There's an expectation that if things don't pick up, then that could be an issue. All right. That's good to put on our radars there, Joseph. Thank you. Um, hey, as we're kind of bringing our conversation to a head, um, any final kind of remarks in conclusion, anything you want to leave our audience with to consider, you know, as we look ahead to Q4, uh, you know, maybe beyond even uh, just anything you want to leave the audience with? Yeah, yeah sure. I think um started to touch on it a minute ago, but I guess I'll finish that thought. It's just uh, valuations, you know, um, valuations in the market it's historically been shown are, are not at all a good predictor of uh, near-term future outcomes. In other words, how stock richly or cheaply is valued really has almost no bearing on where the direction of that stock's going to go in the ensuing days or weeks or even months. But over longer periods of time, it does have some predictive ability. And right now, even though valuations have pared back a little bit in the last uh, month or so, they're still up in a big way year to date. In fact, the, the change in the market that we've seen year to date in market price has been completely on the back of not positive earnings revisions, but rather on increases in valuation. So we're not at levels that are 
at all unprecedented, but we are at levels that are, are pretty high. And one context of that is to look at where um, uh, earnings yields are, so the inverse of the P-E ratio, so the earnings over price, earnings yield, relative to real rates that we touched on at the beginning of the call. So if you look at that ratio right now, earnings yields for the S&P using forward estimates are about 5.5%, and the real inflation-adjusted interest rate is at about 2.5%. So you see a gap there that's narrowing, whereas if you look 10 years ago, um, that earnings yield was closer to 7% and real interest rates were, were closer to zero. Um, so a seven point gap as opposed to a more like a 3% gap. Um, and all that's just showing us on a relative basis is that there's just less margin for error. That, that's kind of what, what can be taken from that. Um, it's not an indication of what's gonna happen today or tomorrow, but it's just it just shows that if things don't over the um, coming 12 months come in as analysts hope, if the earnings don't continue to improve, um, then, then I think we have less cushion in there for, for, for mistake, which th so far this year, we haven't seen, we've, we've been, we've been very, I think, pleased with thing, how it come, how things have come in and that's continued to drive not only equities higher, but also interest rates higher. Um, so that's something we're looking at. And I think in the portfolios that we manage, um, we are protected through the use of differentiated strategies, uh, many of which include option-based um, strategies that we manage within the portfolio that provides explicit negative correlation to equity returns to help protect us if, if, if we're caught off guard, essentially. Um, you know, traditionally, people have owned bonds as a means to which to provide defense. But you look at a year like this year, you look at a year like last year, you look at a day like today, today's October 3rd, interest rates are up and uh, equities are down. Uh, and mm -hmm. traditionally over the last 20 years, we've seen the inverse of that. Well, with a higher interest rate regime, what we're seeing right now looks a lot like the 70s, 80s and 90s where bond stock correlations were not like they were in the last 20 years which means they do not provide the same protection. Bonds don't against equities as we've seen and grown accustomed to here. So that's what we're doing differently in our portfolios to not only to account for the, the current environment, but also to account for the fact that while we want to be in equities because they are the driver of the portfolio return, we're cognizant of the facts that things are a little, a little dicey, uh, maybe a little less margin for error, and we want to make sure we're protected. So that's what we're doing to, to do that. Of course. And, and I know you're having these kind of conversations ongoing with your clients at Aptis and of course with Homer and his team. Uh, look, Joseph, really appreciate you carving some time out of your busy schedule to, you know, dive on here into the uh, into the third quarter. You know what we can expect, uh, you know, what, we, what we've seen year to date and then, of course, what we can expect moving forward. A lot of good value and considerations on the table. Appreciate you and your time and uh, looking forward to having you back on here to dive into this stuff again. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Missed, missed Homer today, but I think we yeah. got it done. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, folks, as always, we want to thank you guys for spending some time with us. Uh, and if you enjoyed today's conversation, you took something away or maybe anything that was said from Joseph and his team at Aptus Capital Advisors piqued your interest and you'd want to open up a dialogue with Homer and the team. Well, feel free to reach out to them via the link at the bottom of the screen, the email address there. Uh, so that way you can get your questions answered with regard to anything that you heard on today's show. But we want to say thank you again for spending some time with us on the podcast today. You know, as always, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that way you don't miss out on future conversations just like these where Homer, myself, maybe even Joseph dive into these different wealth management topics so that you and yours can come out better for it on the other side. 
Before Joseph, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long today, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Advance Your Wealth. All opinions expressed by Homer Smith are solely Smith's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Integrated Wealth Concepts, LLC, Integrated, or its parent company or affiliates and may have been previously disseminated by Smith on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Smith as a specific inducement to make particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Smith's opinions are based on information he considers reliable, but neither integrated nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. Smith, integrated, its affiliates and or subsidiaries are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided. Smith's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Neither Smith nor Integrated guarantees any specific outcome or profit. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed by Smith or anyone else. Strategies or investments discussed may fluctuate in price or value. Investors may get back less than invested. Investments or strategies mentioned on this website or in the show may not be suitable for you. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned by Smith. Before acting on information you hear, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and strongly consider seeking advice from your own financial or investment advisor. Investment advice offered through Integrated Financial Partners, a registered investment advisor. Integrated Financial Partners provides investment advisory services through several doing business as names. The information in this material is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Integrated Financial Partners does not provide legal, tax, mortgage advice, or services. Integrated Partners and Convergent Wealth Partners are separate entities from Aptis Capital Advisors.